Today's episode is brought to you by the NBA Store. I know, the NBA Store. I know we're sidelined from going to the game, but it doesn't mean we can't sit back on our couch and wear our favorite team's NBA swag. So, Podgo, Weebcast, and the NBA Store have partnered together to join forces, combine our powers, to give you up to 75% on select items. And all you have to do is go to podgo.co forward slash NBA, and there you can choose items that are up, select items that will be up to 75% off. So make sure you guys go do that. It's the NBA. It's where amazing happens. Hey, thanks for stopping by on the Weebcast Show, the number one anime and manga show on the internet with your boy. That's me, C-Dub. Welcome back. I hope you've been enjoying your lives. Hopefully 2021 has been treating you right after this first month. Um, and now we're into the second month of 2021. Hopefully things are looking up for everybody. But welcome. Thanks for staying in. Especially because I'm excited that you're, you've come by on this episode. Because I'm going to be talking about one of, my, one of my favorite shonen animes, and that's Bleach. Specifically, I'm going to be talking about the Espada. And the Espada is a powerful group of Arankars who serve Lord Aizen in Hwekumurdo. And each one of them was a powerful hollow, before, even before becoming an Arankar and ultimately an Espada later. And I've always wondered how many were actual Vastral Loridae. Because Torsho, Toshiro uh, Hitsugaya, you know, Bleach's Wonder Boy, did say that if gathering enough of them would be the end of Serite. And since I, you know, I wasn't, you know, I, I'm guessing the actual number wasn't, you know, was not that high. You know, much like many factions in Bleach, I, I love the diverse characters that make up this awesome group. And, and while we got some screen time development, well, some will more, more, some of the Espada got more screen time development than the others. Collectively, they're all pretty freaking awesome to me. And, for today's and this week's list, you know, I'm going to go over my favorite Espada from least to most favorite. Uh, while I will take into accountabilities, accomplishments, and overall design, most of this will be subjective, okay? Obviously, there's going to be spoilers, so be on the lookout for that. And also, this list uh, only contains the members during the Arankar invasion arc, so it won't um, include former Espadas like uh, Neliel. So sorry about that, Neliel fans. But... Um, I will be bash. I will be basing my analysis on just the anime, um, only here. Maybe with some manga influences, but just for this list, just to make things a little more easier, a little more concise, it will be a little bit more on the anime side. So, if you're ready, and you're ready to be mad <laughs> at my favorite Espada list and how I rank them, make sure you st you stick around. Make sure you uh, get a drink, get a snack. Because um, I think we're in for a pretty unique and interesting ride. I'll see you on the other side. Welcome back. And you're tuning in into Weebcast number one anime manga show. And I'm listing my favorite. Spot from least to, um, from my least favorite to my most favorite. And we're going to start off with number 10. We'll start it off big. Um, and number 10 is Spot number 5. Nenoicha Gilga with uh, Despair. Uh, as his aspect of death, and um, you know, if he first appeared in episode, I think 145, and he's really tall. He's lanky, and unlike Yami, he's you know who's tall and muscular, um, and he wears his traditional Espada outfit, but with a spoon shape covering his head, and uh, and that's you know 
That's why we like calling him our, that's why he's our favorite Spoonhead. And, and Lone Ranger always seems to be smiling, and it's kind of a prick to the other Espada. And his main motivation is to be the strongest. And he can't handle it when someone else is better than him, especially when that person is a woman. And, and this is why he hates Nell and worked with Sizil uh, uh, Porto to kill her, uh, which I think people forget that you know that that happened. But it's really interesting how his weapon changed from this from his past self to now, because I don't think that was ever given any any explanation but you can see the progression in his power as it went from two crescents to four which that's not that's pretty cool and the Neutrum mentions um oh i should say like I'll, I'll give a little overview and then i'll do his accomplishments and abilities and why i and why he's ranked at this at this point but um Neutra mentions the kampachi zaraki that his uh, Hero is actually the strongest among all the Espada, and that no blade can cut it. Um, obviously, Zenpachi Zaraki proved this to be false, you know, by actually killing him, but it's still quite strong, and it took a while for Kapachi to, you know, hack and slash to damage him. And Noitra can actually fire Seros from his tongue, which is quite unique for an Arankar, I, th I think, and he, he's able to sense the power of abilities uh, of others. You know, one example is when he analyzed Kampachi's abilities during the fight, during his fight uh, against uh, Tessera. Um, and the Nordra can actually throw his Anpakuto across long distances and pull it back uh, using a chain connected to his uniform. Um, Santa Teresa is his Anpakuto and it's a long staff that has four large crescent blades at the end, um, which is pretty unique, I think, considering most Zanpaktos are swords. And his overall resurrection power is that it enhances his base abilities pretty much. So, you know, also each arm gets a staff, you know, that has one crescent blade. And also gains some of the following powers. You know, he gets the ability to create more copies of his weapons. He can regenerate his limbs at a pretty quick rate. The Neutra can grow an extra set of limbs. And, um, let's see, some of his accomplishments. I guess he defeated Nell, technically. Um, rising to the ranks of a spotter number five, pretty cool, and giving Kampachi a pretty damn good battle. So, why is he ranked 10th, you're asking? Well, the problem that I have with Anoitra is that he's an Espada version of Kampachi. Um, and if you don't believe me, uh, hear me out. Um, both live to fight, both barely use any special abilities associated with their groups. Um, their skins are very tough and are shown to be hard to cut. They both have a yellow aura that surrounds them. Um, something covers one of their eyes. Uh, even their fighting style is pretty similar in that both utilize their strong skin. For example, both of them grab Ichigo's blade, ignoring the sharpness. Both have long black hair and a tall body. See? I mean, the really the only major difference we saw besides appearance is that Kampachi and Nonoitra reasons for not killing off weak opponents, you know? You know, Kampachi will do it because it's no fun. And Anoitra needs people alive to acknowledge him as the strongest. You know, and my other gripes with him is that he's kind of annoying and a sore loser. And it's really hard to like a character that has a strange obsession with those who defeated him. And this brings me to another similarity. That both characters obsess over those who beat him. Now that I think about it. And for Kampachi, it's Ichigo. And, Anoit and for Anoitra, it's Nell. I mean, the only difference is that Kampachi is played for laughs here, while Nonotra is downright kind of creepy here. 
you know, behind, beyond his fight with Kampachi, there's really nothing else about this character that I particularly enjoyed. Um, but let's move up to another spot, to number nine, with Espada, uh, numero ocho, um, Salzo Porio Grants, with Madness as his, uh, as expect of death. Now, let's sum up Salzo Porio. He first appeared also in episode 145, and Salzo is the scientist among the Espada. You know, he seems quite calm, methodical when you first meet him. You know, however, during his battles with the Shinigami, he can become crazy and a little bit psychotic. You know, but normally he's a cold, calculated son of a bitch, and even though he shows no emotions when learning about his brother's death, you know, interestingly enough, Aizen demoted him from being an Espada sometime in the past. So he's one of the only Espada to return to his position. Um, I mean, some of his abilities, I guess. And he's, he's a brilliant scientist who's shown to create very interesting devices. You know, for example, he created a device that tricked Nell into attacking the Neutra. That was merely an illusion. Um, but his best invention is his Fraction, which he can consume to heal any injuries re- received in the battle. Um, and while not much of a fighter, he has some completely, he, he has some competency with the sword, but he prefers to rely on his, uh, his brains and his, his mighty intellect. You know, for example, he's able to create traps and analyze his opponent's Ryatsu. Um, one of his, like I said, his, you know, he created his, his own fraction so he can uh, eat them when he needs to. Um, but his, uh, his Zanpakuto, that's, what is it, uh, uh, Fonidikatas, um, is the name of Zanpakuto, and when in, in his released form, he gains the following abilities here. The ability to protect his bodies with the newly grown tentacles. He can create clones of his opponents. He can liquefy his body to control a target that eats him. If his wings consume an opponent, he can create a voodoo doll that contains the organs of that person. If he breaks the organ, uh, that organ in that person's body will break for real. His final ability, though, is, the, is to the Xenomorphs from the Alien movie franchise. When injured, Salzaporio can impregnate an enemy using part of his own body. That part will consume the victim until he bursts from the body. <sighs> Man, this weird son of a bitch. But Salzaporio's main major accomplishments here are helping the Neutra defeat now. Um, helping Mayuri... Posthumously uh, pos- find a way to escape Hawakamunda. And his awesome scene where he fights uh, uh, Shooting in Hell, which is, I thought was pretty cool. Check that out. And being really unique and having a cool resurrection power, really. Um, but why is he ranked ninth, you ask? Well, the problem with Salzaporio and the other spot is that, is, is that they seemed forced to me. You know, because the Soul Society has a scientist, so they're like, hey, the Espada needs a scientist as well. You know, I, and I found, I noted the same issue with Nonocha. You know, they definitely make him a little bit different than Mayuri, but not different enough. You know, from a personal standpoint, I, I just forgot about his character altogether. And true, I remembered that the Espada had a scientist, but that's really about it. And I had to rewatch the episodes with him and look up stuff. Um, you know, I had to watch him, I had to rewatch the arc just so I can do this uh, episode. And especially for him, because I forgot so much about him. Uh, but his character did seem a little forced for me. That's why he is at number uh, eight. Um, but moving on to number um, uh, to number seven. No, number eight. I'm sorry. Salsaporio was at number nine. 
Um, number eight, for on my ranked of least to favorite uh, Espada. Number eight is Espada. Number seven, Zomri Reruch, with his intoxication as his uh, aspect of death. Um, also, I think he appeared in episode 145 as well. His first appearance, I mean. And look, I have some. I actually really like uh, Zomari, right? I, 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 like I said, I ranked him higher than Salzaporio and Neutra. I don't think a lot of people. I don't think a lot of your favorite anime um, talking heads would even dare to do that. But Zomari is actually really cool, both in terms of his design and abilities. You know, he has white horns and his skull earrings. Almost like a witch doctor kind of thing. And compared to the other spot, he's a little more refined and a little more professional as a hollow. And although he changes that towards the end of his fight with Biakia, you know, when it, when it's clear that he's really about to meet his end, though, even the, even the way he berates, um, Anino Nero, who was rather respectful, all things considered. And, also, not like it matters, but I enjoy his English dubbed voice over his Japanese voice. How about you look that up on YouTube and let me know? But, but weirdly, he has two voices, and it really kind of really messed me up here. But one, but because of one moment, I heard a deep accent, and the next it sounds like Yamamoto, which I think it was. But we don't really get a flashback, and and limited to a couple scenes with him, which kind of sucks. But which is a little disappointing considering how cool of a character I think he is. You know, he can, he's quite chatty among all the Espada fights, you know. He might have a little more dialogue than actual fighting, which is a stark contrast to Grimjow's fights. I mean, he argues with Byakuya about who is arrogant, kind of, you know, and became very annoying. And Zamaru likes to pass judgment a lot on others and cannot take losing very well. And also, Zamaru has actually no fraction. Um, so let's move on to his accomplishments and his abilities. Let's start with some of the abilities, though, first. Zamari is very fast. And he claims to have the fastest Sonido, which is the Iran conversion of <clears throat> the flash step in for, for the Espada here. And, but after watching Stark and, and Ucleodor Cypher in action, I don't know, highly doubt that to be actually true. He's kind of like the birder <clears throat> in Bleach. You know how, you remember birder? And Dragon Ball Z, where he's like, I'm the fastest in the universe. That's actually not a bad birder voice. But, yeah, he's kind of like the birder. And then, you know, claimed to be the fastest. And then, you know, quickly became not the fastest. Literally that same episode. But but let's not take that away from his speed, which is still pretty impressive. You know, Zamar is so fast that he can create clones of himself. And unlike other Arankar, he does not use techniques like Bala, which I thought was interesting. Uh, Brujera uh, is his name of his sword, and, of his sword release, and is might one of the coolest sword releases among the Espada. He to release his sword, he floats the sword above the ground and then claps his hands and turns his head completely sideways. His appearance changes significantly after his, retro, uh, his resurrection, and Zamari's torso is not inside <clears throat> of a bulb. And covered by many eyes and he can actually go inside the bulb for protection and i think his 58 eyes can control one object per eye and if he controls a body part like the head he gains control of the entire body um the ability is like hado as biakia kind of figures out um 
I think we get to see him explain his abilities a little bit more in, I think, Bleach episode 197 for if people who, who want the reference there. But, um, you know, why is he ranked A? So, besides, besides, besides fighting Biaki others, nothing that Zomari does in Bleach, unfortunately. And then the fight against Biakia was the worst of all the Espada battles. Which, I guess we say isn't technically a bad thing, because there was a lot of good Espada battles. But he did have particularly one of the least exciting ones. I mean, why did Zamari not use all of his eyes on Biakia? And he, and he has this broken ability, and he just doesn't use it? And I, but my main issue is the lack of impact here. I, I think his abilities and design are interesting, but they do not, uh, they don't do much with the guy. So... Moving on to number seven of my favorite Espadas. Um, so number seven is going to be Espada number uh, nine. Eroniero Anure. It's greed. I think his greed was his aspect of death. Um, also, again, his first appearance was in episode 145. And due to his long name and being in a pain to... Not only write and say, <laughs> I'm gonna to refer to him as Aaron for the for for the rest of this episode. But Aaron is pretty the most mysterious of the Espada because we never see his face until very much later. You know, he is kind of he's the only uh, Gillian level Menos member in the Espada, and the last of his generation of the Espada of Espada. You know, and. Aaron doesn't have a fraction or the ability to use typical Espada powers like Gran Reisero or Bala. Aaron's actually two hollows in one, you know, or with two heads uh, in a glass container. Apparently, they do not want to, you know, they don't want to explain their appearance, which implies that they get asked about it a lot. And side note. How did Rukia not know that Eren was not Kayan Shiba before exposing them to sunlight? After all, Kayan Shiba is six feet tall, and Eren is six feet eight inches. You know, it's kind of quite a bit difference, but whatever. Moving on. Let's move on to his his abilities and then his accomplishments here. Eren Nero is able to absorb hollows, and it was due to the unlimited potential of this that he was able to join the Espada, actually. He absorbed... uh, uh, Metasia, or no, Metastas- Metastasia, a hollow who took over Kai and Shiba's body. So by absorbing Eren, uh, gained Kai's powers and memories, including his Zanpakuto. And he's also quite fast, you know, able to dodge Rukia's attacks and move across the battlefield with pretty much with, with ease. And uh, Eren can, azo- can absorb hollows and gain their abilities and memories. Um, I think by the time he, he fights Rukia, or they fight Rukia, He's absorbed over thirty-three thousand different hollows, which is pretty, which is pretty cool actually. And, and when in disguise, he can change his appearance to match any hollow that he has absorbed. Um, uh, Glotononera is his Zanpakuto sword release, and his release form is a large manifestation of his body, with each head in the glass becoming one half of this monstrosity. <laughs> and besides the appearance, Aaron does not gain. And besides his Appearance. Aaron doesn't really gain any extra abilities from this release. And his pretty much his main accomplishments. His two main accomplishments as being the only Gillian to become an Espada, which is impressive. And absorbing over 33,000 
uh, Hollows. If I, there was an exact, there was an exact number given. I don't know if it was in the manga or the anime, but I think it was over. It was thirty-three thousand six hundred and fifty. I'm positive. My someone might have to fact check me on that. But you're asking why is this guy ranked seventh though, Chris? Uh, well, Anunero is actually really unique among the Inspire, especially the concept behind his ability. I really enjoyed the point, the plot point of view of how he connected to Kai and Shiba's death. But why he ranks lower than the others is due to a couple of things. You know, while his design is interesting, his Octopus release was disappointing. And much like uh, Zomari, we do not see much of him. But you know, but at least we learn a little bit more. And he never uses any abilities that he absorbed other than Kyan and Metastasia. Uh, I don't hate the character. Um, but he is, I guess he's a little, one of the highest in my book. So it is what it is. Um, so one of the, the, I'm going to go into number six now. And we're kind of reaching to the midway point of the list. Uh, we're getting closer. And, I, you know, so you're going to be wondering where I'm going to be placing some of the more popular characters. And you're going to see one of them here coming up with number six. And my number six, uh, Espada, on my favorite Espada list, is Espada number four. Yeah. Eucleora uh, Cypher with emptiness uh, as his aspect of death. Now, you can put me on the cross a little bit later, but let me explain. Um, his first appearance was in episode 100 and... What was it? 100 episode, uh, 113, I'm sorry. And Nuclear Order is one of the Espada with the most amount of screen time and plot relevance in the series. Uh, he's very cocky, but he's also very emotionless and calculated. His, and his devotion to Aizen is pretty much absolute. His appearance has often been joked to be quite similar to L from Death Note. And he's able to remain calm in, in most situations. But Aizen has respect for his intelligence, which says something, considering how smart Aizen is. Uh, moving on to his abilities and accomplishments, you know, Ukleor has an impressive Sonido and Hero. You know, Ukleor is very cocky, and one of the ways he shows this is by using, you know, his hands. You know, is that is using his hands over his Anpak toe. You know, his Hero is so strong that it could block Ichigo's uh, Tensa Zengetsu with one hand. In fact, Ichigo takes pride in forcing him into draw his blade. I mean, most Hollows give up their regenerative abilities in exchange for powers when they become a Ronkar. But Ukleoda kept his and showed when and showed this when his eye regenerated after removing it. Um, and he does this to show the other Ronkar, you know, what he's experienced. And he can use Bala and uh, Descourier or Descourier, which allows him to open up a path between the human world and Huecomundo. You know, when they open that, you know. Uh, it's like the seams of the sky starts to break open, and this you see, you see the black, gritty background, and that step over. That's what um, Descorier, uh is, and his Ampacto, uh is mostly Lago, and basically when you Nucleota releases it, his appearance resembles pretty much that of a bat. You know, he can create green spears that can be used as projectile or for close combat. All of his base abilities are enhanced. And in this form, he can fire, you know, Cero, uh, uh, Cero Oscuras. And, but, uh, Ilukiora is the only Espada with a second release form 
and in his form, his uniform is completely gone and becomes more beast-like. You know, his wings and tail are very fast, but used as shields and offensive weapons as well. You know, much like his first release, he can create a lance that can be used as a projectile or used for close combat range. Um, the name Lanza uh, del uh, Relampago, um, and when this projectile hits its target, it's almost like a nuclear bomb just went off. Um, his accomplishments, you know, he successfully got Orihime to go to him with Huekamunda. And whenever you get to, you know, be able to go on a date with uh, Orihime, I mean, that's, that's a win. And he defeated Ichigo two times. Um, but why are you asking why is he ranked sixth and not a little bit higher? Before going over the negative, let's just say that his fight against Ichigo is one of the best, um, in anime history, especially in recent anime history. And if I was going off of that, then he maybe would have been ranked a little higher. But I'm looking at everything, and compared to the others higher on the list, he just did not leave the same impact. It was hard to latch onto something that made me like him. I really could not stand him and enjoyed his death at the hands of Ichigo so very much. Um, now let's move up to number one. You know, actually, before we get to the top five, let's take a little quick break. Let's take a breath. Let's refuel, get some more coffee, get another drink of water, refill on that snacks. And on the other side, we're going to go do my top five. We're going to the top five uh, of my favorite espadas. Um, and it's going to be it's going to be great. I got some I got some interesting picks. <laughs> I'm not going to spoil them right now, but just stick around and we'll see. All right. I'll see you on the other side right now. Weebcast, and you're listening to the number one anime and manga show on the internet. And I'm doing my top 10 spotters from least to favorite. And now we're on number five. And I already had, had a surprise one putting Ukuyora at number six. Maybe, and this number five pick might be a little bit surprising as well. But number five is the spotter number 10 and zero. Yes, you know him, you love him, maybe you hate him. Yami Yayargo with rage as his aspect of death here. Um, his first appearance was also 113. And Yami is a physically imposing individual who's over seven feet tall, six inches, and packed with muscles. And for some reason, I'm always drawn to the largest characters in stories, especially in shonen history and shonen aspects and stories. I mean, it's one of the reasons why I like Kenpachi so much. Um, cause like I said, the imposing, uh, the imposing figure matched with the abilities. If it's a good match, I'm in it. I'm, I'm all for it. Um, and Yami early on in the series doesn't not, doesn't appear to be so much of a big threat. You know, Ichigo was able to stop him from just using Bankai. You know, and Kisuke made a fool out of him when he returns to the human, uh, when he returns to the world of living. And I think even Ukleora, someone who Yami respects, probably doesn't really take him that seriously. However, Yami is a major threat and far more intelligent than he actually comes across. The issue is that he's impatient and prefers to overpower his opponents, opponents rather than relying on some strategy. Um, for his accomplishments, I mean, we'll start with his abilities and his accomplishments. Yami's Hiero was able to tank some of Uru's strongest attacks. 
Um, he was unharmed by uh, lowly Avrienne's resurrection with erodes. Um, anything she touches, you know, will just erode like to acid. Um, Yami can use most of the Arankar abilities, including Bala and Sero. And I don't recall him ever using Sonido, though. If someone has a something from the manga or from the anime where he uses Sonido, but I don't remember, at least in my rewatch, I didn't see it. But most of his, but his most unique ability um, on Gonzui, which allows him to suck the souls from people. And, and I'm not talking about your, your favorite waifu here, but I'm talking about where he would just stand in with a, and a group of people and just, man, open that chest compassion and just start sucking, bro. Uh, he's the only spotter though, who can store energy while he sleeps. I thought that was pretty cool. And the only way, and this is the only way he can store enough energy to use his, uh, resurrection. Um, his Zanpakuto name is Ira. And when he releases it, Nami pulls a great reveal that he's actually a spotter number zero, making him the strongest member. And I, I am confused about why he's able to release his Zanpakuto in Las Noches when Ukiyota said it was forbidden because it could destroy it. And you know, anyways, in this form, Nami is gigantic and takes the form of a centaur only replaced with a horse half with a centipede with like 10 legs and you really have to see it to really comprehend its size in the bleach universe you know all of yami's powers are enhanced and obviously he's very much stronger and much like the hawk yami grows stronger as his rage increases you know and really and when really pushed really far he can go into an even larger form that is one of the largest creatures in all of Bleach. <laughs> so, Yama's accomplishments. He's technically the strongest Espada. Uh, it's really hard to come up with anything else because he loses to everyone, unfortunately. Um, but why is he ranked 5th and above Ukidora? It's probably the main question that I'm going to get. So, the list is subjective. And like I said, I just like Yami more. But maybe it's his size and his press of strength. But... It could be his lazy attitude, but regardless, I enjoy this his character more than others so far. And Yukulord is great, but Yami was a character that I, I could connect to a little bit more. Because I always happen to be somewhat of a lazy guy sometimes who sleeps a lot when he gets the, when I get the chance. And if you piss me off, I could become a six uh you know, become a mountain a mountain of rage, you know? But all jokes aside. Yami is a pretty cool character and like the hollow version of the hawk. Now, number four, my number four pick is a spada number two, a baragun with aging as his aspect of death. Um, now he also appeared in episode 145 and he's the former king of Hueco Mundo, um, after Aizen dethrones him, but privately still views him as the king. <laughs> but again, originally a skeleton. And when we became an Arankar, he gained skin. I guess that's, you know, that's something, right? And it's interesting how he looks around the same age as Yamamoto. Um, because he still considers of king, is himself king, but again does look down on others and expects him to be treated like one. So, for example, his fraction bring, brings his throne to him when they arrive at the fake Katakura town. And he also takes control of the Arankar after Aizen. Gein and Tosin are caged in fire. And his accomplishments and his abilities here. You know, Barigan is very intelligent and was able to successfully lead the Arankar against the Shinigami. And his main abilities revolve around aging and time. 
You know, for example, he he can create a field a field around him that slows down time for anyone who enters it. And this is why uh, Sui Fang uh, is one of the fastest Shinigami moves slowly around him. Uh, Baragon is old school, though. You know, he's an old school hollow, so you won't see any balas or settles. He does use Sonido, though. And his Zanpakuto is an axe called Erogante. And much like Nonoicha, it's not a typical sword. You know, after releasing his Zanpakuto, Baragon returns to his skeletal appearance, which is badass, I'm sorry. Um... And he gains a new weapon that looks like an axe called Gran uh, Kaida. And it's dark and larger and more lethal. But his strongest ability is uh, Raspira, which is a smoke that he releases, which ages everything. And this includes both beans and even um, Kido. His accomplishments. Uh, he was the king of Hoikimondo for a very long time, you know. And he's one of the oldest known hollows. Um, but why is he ranked fourth? Uh, Baragon is an interesting character who I wish got more time with. I also wished his anger towards Aizen was more plot relevant than just a reveal at the end. I think they could have done a lot more with that. But he got very unlucky that Hachi showed up because Baragon would have killed basically everyone if, if Hachi didn't show up. And as far as I know, no one besides Yamamoto has the ability to combat his power. Um, I love his character and his design, and his resurrection and his resurrection reveals that he looked even better in the anime. Give, I love the manga, but purists like that. But his skeletal appearance in the anime, chef's kiss. Um, now number three, I guess no one's really surprised that I have this person at the number three or having him up this high. Um, but number three is gonna have to be the spotter number six, Rudimjal Jagarajes with destruction as his aspect of death here. Um, he first appeared in episode 116, and Grimjow was probably the most popular with fans among the Espada, and, you know, for probably for good reason. I mean, this guy is an awesome from the appearance with the cool black, with the cool blue hair and his attitude. You know, Grimjow is not really a villain, more like an anti-hero, or just, uh, he can't stand Aizen, and unlike Berrigan, he openly admits, admits it and acts on it. You know, he does, he does not really share the goals and visions of the other Espada. You know, Grimjaw only wishes to be the best by defeating the best. And he also grew an, an obsession to kill Ichigo, who doesn't, and which led him to find any means to fight him. I also wish they made filler episodes where he joined Ichigo's group for like a, an adventure or some sort. But maybe that would have been a little too shown and cliche, but can you blame me? Um, now his accomplishments and abilities. Grimjow is a master swordsman and hand-to-hand -hand fighter. He, even with just one hand, he can handle a hollowed Shinji. And he's very smart in combat. For example, he fired a small settle to stop Shinji's large one, which saved his life. And I, I was amazed with his plan to trap Nukuyora so he could fight Ichigo. You know, and Grimjow has a very fast Anito. And pretty strong hero that can tank, tank a lot of damage. Settles and Grand Ray Settles are not off limits to him. Um, his Sampakto is called Pantera. And this is one transformation where after watching it, I felt obligated to watch the whole fight for like, you know, the 10th millionth time, you know. Um, his accomplishments. He defeated Ichigo twice. Was able to outsmart, outsmart Nuclear Order. Um, he doesn't, does not die, which is impressive because every other Spada besides, uh, 
uh, Teddy Bell dies. Well, I guess Nell is still alive, but he and he regained his rank as Expada number six. Um, but why is he ranked third? I know I love his fight with against Ichigo. It's one of the best in the series. And my favorite a aspect is how it it almost has no talking and just mostly action. Um, and Grimjaw has my respect for being himself and caring and not caring what others think, you know? And unlike Berrigan, he's, he was, he was openly against Aizen. And unlike the Noicha, Grimjaw actually worked to be the strongest and he really believed in it. Um, he's really cool and one of the most memorable characters in all of Bleach. So that's why he's number three. Now, number two. Yeah, I was gonna say, there's only two left, so you're like, wait, wait, does that mean? Yes, you know what it means. Number two, so there's only two really options left here, but how are they gonna stack up? Well, I'll tell you right now, because number two is Espada number three, Tyr, uh, Harry Bell, with Sacrifice as her aspect of death. Um, for, she first appeared in episode 138, and Hedibo has an interesting outfit that covers the top half of her body, um, all the way to her eyes. And this makes sense as her mask is on her as her mask is on her breast and the outfit is a critical later reveal to, uh, to her number but Heidi Bell is actually the only Espada who cares about her fraction. You know, when they lose to Yamamoto, she's noticeably upset. And I'm going to assume that this leadership quality is one of the reasons why she took over Huwekomundo at the um at the end of Bleach, uh, I said I was going to keep it anime, almost strictly anime related, but I like I, I okay. I added a little little tidbit because this is from the official Bleach official character book three on Mast, I believe. But Harry uh, Bell is probably the calmest among the Espada and has a damn good poker face. Uh, it's not only that she had, it's not only that she does not have emotion; rather, it's the same expression, and also she's quite tall. It might be the second tallest female in Bleach, besides Isane uh, Koetsu, uh, Koetsu, who is six feet two inches. I could be wrong on that, but I'm pretty sure Isane, Isane and uh, Tier are the two tallest females in Bleach. Uh, but Hattie Bell, for her accomplishments and abilities here, is she's very powerful, and which makes sense. She's the number three spotter, but she also has a very fast needle and an excellent sword fighter. Uh, Toshiro, who was on the fence for most of the fight, especially early on before she released her Zanpak Tome, her hero is impressive, considering she barely took any damage from Toshiro's attacks. But what makes it more impressive is that she survived not only one, but two slashes from Aizen with the intent to kill. I don't, two slashes from Aizen, when Aizen was intending to pretty much put her down. Um, she was able to figure out that Toshiro was not fully concentrating on the fight. Um, Herubo exploited this as a way to fight Toshiro mentally. And before going into Zampa, uh, into Zampato, I do want to point out how it's very cool when she flung out of her sheath. It was both stylish and a great way to show off. And uh, Tiburon is a small sword, but Herubo was able to close the gap with Sonido or with Ola Azul where she fires an energy protector, a projectile from her sword. Her Zanpakuto release completely removes her outfit and replaces it with a bony dress with skeleton shark head on her hand. It reminds me of uh, Megatron's first form in Beast Wars, if anyone's familiar with the show. 
That may be a, a reach, though. And the bone dress is quite revealing compared to the other resurrection ones among the Espada. And one of my favorite things she does is fire settle. Most Espada just fire it from their hand or mouth. Hannibal fires it from her shark arm, and it's the size and the size of it's impressive and pretty goddamn unique. That 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 makes only her and Yukiura with that have a unique settle that can be fired in their release form. Um, her resurrection's main power is water manipulation, which makes sense given the shark themes here. Um, trident, which is when she fires a highly powerful slash from her sword. Uh, Hirviendo is where she bo- where she can boil any form of wild water, including ice. Uh, La Gota, which is highly pressured water that she can fire as a shark tooth projectile. And Casicada uh, is when she, um, uh, launches, I think that's the huge surge of high pressure water at her opponents. But, um, her accomplishments is that she survived Aizen and protecting her fraction in the flashback. Um, but why is she ranked second? You're asking me. Well, I'm not gonna lie here. That Hedobo looks, looks kind of factored into the design, decision of this ranking that high because I think she does have a, I think a more unique design than some of the other, uh, um, Espada. And besides Isani and Koetu, I do I don't find any other female in Bleach mm, to be more attractive than Haribel. <laughs> you thought, I'm sorry, Orihime is the queen. But um in all seriousness, yeah, Haribel among the Espada, highly respected. Love her poise. Um and I, I think the way she carried herself among her fraction, I think is Pretty much the big aspect here is why I think her character is really cool. Um, but Hairdubo is one of the strongest Espada and Bleach and needed just more screen time. Um, she never lost to anyone, I would argue. Was on the verge of victory against Toshido, Lisa, and Hiyori. I, I like her unique skill set and leadership quality that brings, that she brings to the table. Overall, she is an awesome character that just needed more time to shine. So, on to my number one. Favorite Espada. Yes. He's number one on my list, and he's number one <laughs> uh, in the Espada. And that's Espada number uh, Koyote. Uh, oh, my God. Stark. Jesus. I can't speak today. But with solitude as his aspect of death, um, it's a mere coincidence that my number one pick would also be the number one ranked in the Espada. Stark is kind of like the re- relaxed version of Grim Jow, besides the eyes and loyalty part. He, he is apathetic about the Espada and the cause to fight the Shinigami. I think he only joined Aizen because he shows little interest in fighting. He hates fighting against strong opponents, uh, especially. And I love his laid back attitude because it's a Stark, you know. It's a stark contrast to his fighting abilities. Okay, I'll I'll see myself on that. But before I do, let's do my abilities and accomplishments for Stark here. Stark is the only Espada, and probably Hollow, that can fire settles from different parts of his body without any gestures. Uh, He he is a Sonido master, and I think he has the fastest Sonido of any Espada. He can separate his soul, which is who Lillianette uh, Gingerbuck turns out to be, Stark doesn't have his Zanpakuto, instead he combines Lillianette to release his powers. And what makes him the only one to seal his powers in a Drankar instead of a Zanpakuto? And Stark's resurrection form is so cool 
everything from his appearance to the actual, you know, to the actual power he possesses. I love how he sits in the clouds after releasing his power. You know, Stuck's main power is his settle guns. He has two of them and both fire settles, if you were curious. And one can fire rapid weak settles while the other fires stronger settles. And Stark can use um, a colmillo, a colmillo, which when he creates two swords, energy swords, and his final ability is the wolves where he can split Lunionette's soul into wolves that explode on contact. There are much stronger settles, and even Shinsui comment that the wolves almost killed him. And it's hard to come up with some accomplishments because Stark does not do anything in the series. He barely gets any screen time. I know it's a goddamn shame, but the only one worth noting is that he does have an awesome battle and, re and does recapture Orihime. Um, but why is he ranked number one? Much like Hedibel, Stark is quality over quantity kind of thing. We, we don't get much, but what we do get is terrific. Among all the Espada, I actually had actual empathy for Stark. I, I related him to the most, and that's why he's on my number one, uh, my number one's pick here. I wanted to, him to actually, you know, get a win maybe against Shinsui so much that after his defeat, I also, I, at one point in time, when I, I actually rooted for Aizen to kill Shinsui. And he, of course, didn't, but Shinsui got, got, he got beat pretty bad. And I wish that they switched Dark with Yami in terms of screen time. Yeah, but, and so for being the coolest and the most interesting, Stark is my number one Espada in Bleach. Let me just be real with you guys. When you think of anime, you think of Crunchyroll. When you think of... Food delivered real fast, you think of Postmates. So, when you think of podcasting, what do you think of, or at least when I think about podcasts, I think about Anchor. Anchor is the perfect place if you want to start your podcast. You can talk about all kinds of things. You don't just have to talk about some weave stuff that I talk about. See, in Anchor, there's a set of creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right on your phone. It's crazy. And Anchor will actually distribute your podcast for you. It can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more platforms. You can even make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership it's everything you need to make a podcast in one place all you have to do is just download the free anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started now let's move on to uh, my final thoughts here well we reached the end of the list and if you've made made it this far thanks for listening i love you you may not agree with uh, any of my ideas here, but you can't deny that I, I, hopefully I put a lot of effort into this episode here. And I, now that I'd ask you, is that what is your ranking of the Espada? And do you have Ukulele higher or lower than me? Uh, let me know if I got something wrong. Please don't hesitate to point that out. Um, but if you like more of these list type episodes, um, or if you like more Bleach content, make sure that you share this episode and let me know because um, it really helps me out. And you can do that with a number of ways. There's a lot of number of ways you can let me know if you like this episode and want to see more content like this. And that's pretty much is by telling me on Twitter, which is Base Senpai, which is down in the description of this episode. You can tell me on Weebcast TV on Instagram, also down in the description of this episode. And also, you can, you can also, um, what am I talking about? You can donate to my Patreon, which is 
a very good way to pledge if you want to pledge some support and let me know that what I'm doing is somewhat entertaining, uh, which you get a lot of cool perks. You get episodes early. There's already con there's extra bonus episodes on the Patreon right now that you can listen to if you decide to pledge. And like I said, there's a dollar option, there's a two dollar option, and there's a three dollar option. Um, any of those, like I said, if you're if you can, if it's feasible for yourself, do please think about it. Um, also, if you don't want to do, if you don't want to uh, get, if you want to donate to the show, but not have the extra Patreon benefits or whatever, you just want to show some support out of the goodness of your heart, you can pledge through Anchor. And at the end, in the description of this episode, it says how to support this podcast. Um, hit that Anchor link and it'll take you directly to a, pl- uh, a page where you can just donate however much you want to the show, um, just directly to the show. And, you know, like I said, I really want to boot, I want to, uh, you know, just boost up the show and get better guests, um, improve the quality of the show and all that good stuff. So that's pretty much what it would go to. Uh, but other than that, I hope you've enjoyed this episode where we cast lists. My favorite Espada in Bleach from top to, or from bottom to top, least to least favorite to most favorite and I will see you guys next week with another episode, which I'm doing on Seven Deadly Sins. So make sure you guys check that out next week. But thank you for allowing my voice into your ears and into your homes. My my name is Chris, aka C Dub, aka Mori, aka the Independent Variable, aka he's about to make some more coffee directly after this. And I'll see you next week. Bye bye.